book five part two of laws of plato translated by benjamin jowett this librivox recording is in the public domain how then can we rightly order the distribution of the land in the first place the number of the citizens has to be determined and also the number and size of the divisions into which they will have to be formed and the land and the houses will then have to be apportioned by us as fairly as we can the number of citizens can only be estimated satisfactorily in relation to the territory and the neighbouring states the territory must be sufficient to maintain a certain number of inhabitants in a moderate way of life more than this is not required and the number of citizens should be sufficient to defend themselves against the injustice of their neighbours and also to give them the power of rendering efficient aid to their neighbours when they are wronged after having taken a survey of theirs and their neighbours territory we will determine the limits of them in fact as well as in theory and now let us proceed to legislate with a view to perfecting the form and outline of our state the number of our citizens shall be five thousand forty this will be a convenient number and these shall be owners of the land and protectors of the allotment the houses and the land will be divided in the same way so that every man may correspond to a lot let the whole number be first divided into two parts and then into three and the number is further capable of being divided into four or five parts or any number of parts up to ten every legislator ought to know so much arithmetic as to be able to tell what number is most likely to be useful to all cities and we are going to take that number which contains the greatest and most regular and unbroken series of divisions the whole of number has every possible division and the number five thousand forty can be divided by exactly fifty-nine divisors and ten of these proceed without interval from one to ten this will furnish numbers for war and peace and for all contracts and dealings including taxes and divisions of the land these properties of number should be ascertained at leisure by those who are bound by law to know them for they are true and should be proclaimed at the foundation of the city with a view to use whether the legislator is establishing a new state or restoring an old and decayed one in respect of gods and temples the temples which are to be built in each city and the gods or demigods after whom they are to be called if he be a man of sense he will make no change in anything which the oracle of delphi or dodona or the god ammon or any ancient tradition has sanctioned in whatever manner whether by apparitions or reputed inspiration of heaven in obedience to which mankind have established sacrifices in connection with mystic rites either originating on the spot or derived from tyrrhenia or cyprus or some other place 
and on the strength of which traditions they have consecrated oracles and images and altars and temples and portioned out a sacred domain for each of them the least part of all these ought not to be disturbed by the legislator but he should assign to the several districts some god or demigod or hero and in the distribution of the soil should give to these first their chosen domain and all things fitting that the inhabitants of the several districts may meet at fixed times and that they may readily supply their various wants and entertain one another with sacrifices and become friends and acquaintances for there is no greater good in a state than that the citizens should be known to one another when not light but darkness and ignorance of each other's characters prevails among them no one will receive the honour of which he is deserving or the power or the justice to which he is fairly entitled wherefore in every state above all things every man should take heed that he have no deceit in him but that he be always true and simple and that no deceitful person take any advantage of him the next move in our pastime of legislation like the withdrawal of the stone from the holy line in the game of draughts being an unusual one will probably excite wonder when mentioned for the first time and yet if a man will only reflect and weigh the matter with care he will see that our city is ordered in a manner which if not the best is the second best perhaps also some one may not approve this form because he thinks that such a constitution is ill adapted to a legislator who has not despotic power the truth is that there are three forms of government the best the second and the third best which we may just mention and then leave the selection to the ruler of the settlement following this method in the present instance let us speak of the states which are respectively first second and third in excellence and then we will leave the choice to cleinias now or to any one else who may hereafter have to make a similar choice among constitutions and may desire to give to his state some feature which is congenial to him and which he approves in his own country the first and highest form of the state and of the government and of the law is that in which there prevails most widely the ancient saying that friends have all things in common whether there is anything now or will ever be this communion of women and children and of property in which the private and individual is altogether banished from life and things which are by nature private such as eyes and ears and hands have become common and in some way see and hear and act in common and all men express praise and blame and feel joy and sorrow on the same occasions and whatever laws there are unite the city to the utmost compare republic whether all this is possible or not i say that no man acting upon any other principle will ever constitute a state which will be truer or better or more exalted in virtue 
whether such a state is governed by gods or sons of gods one or more than one happy are the men who living after this manner dwell there and therefore to this we are to look for the pattern of the state and to cling to this and to seek with all our might for one which is like this the state which we have now in hand when created will be nearest to immortality and the only one which takes the second place and after that by the grace of god we will complete the third one and we will begin by speaking of the nature and origin of the second let the citizens at once distribute their land and houses and not till the land in common since a community of goods goes beyond their proposed origin and nurture and education but in making the distribution let the several possessors feel that their particular lots also belong to the whole city and seeing that the earth is their parent let them tend her more carefully than children do their mother for she is a goddess and their queen and they are her mortal subjects such also are the feelings which they ought to entertain to the gods and demigods of the country and in order that the distribution may always remain they ought to consider further that the present number of families should be always retained and neither increased nor diminished this may be secured for the whole city in the following manner let the possessor of a lot leave the one of his children who is his best beloved and one only to be the heir of his dwelling and his successor in the duty of ministering to the gods the state and the family as well the living members of it as those who are departed when he comes into the inheritance but of his other children if he have more than one he shall give the females in marriage according to the law to be hereafter enacted and the males he shall distribute as sons to those citizens who have no children and are disposed to receive them or if there should be none such and particular individuals have too many children male or female or too few as in the case of barrenness in all these cases let the highest and most honourable magistracy created by us judge and determine what is to be done with the redundant or deficient and devise a means that the number of five thousand forty houses shall always remain the same there are many ways of regulating numbers for they in whom generation is affluent may be made to refrain compare aristotle's politics and on the other hand special care may be taken to increase the number of births by rewards and stigmas or we may meet the evil by the elder men giving advice and administering rebuke to the younger in this way the object may be attained and if after all there be very great difficulty about the equal preservation of the five thousand forty houses and there be an excess of citizens owing to the too great love of those who live together and we are at our wit's end there is still the old device often mentioned by us of sending out a colony which will part friends with us and be composed of suitable persons if on the other hand there come a wave bearing a deluge of disease or a plague of war and the inhabitants become much fewer 
than the appointed number by reason of bereavement we ought not to introduce citizens of spurious birth and education if this can be avoided but even god is said not to be able to fight against necessity wherefore let us suppose this high argument of ours to address us in the following terms best of men cease not to honour according to nature similarity and equality and sameness and agreement as regards number and every good and noble quality and above all observe the aforesaid number five thousand forty throughout life in the second place do not disparage the small and modest proportions of the inheritances which you received in the distribution by buying and selling them to one another for then neither will the god who gave you the lot be your friend nor will the legislator and indeed the law declares to the disobedient that these are the terms upon which he may or may not take the lot in the first place the earth as he is informed is sacred to the gods and in the next place priests and priestesses will offer up prayers over a first and second and even a third sacrifice that he who buys or sells the houses or lands which he has received may suffer the punishment which he deserves and these their prayers they shall write down in the temples on tablets of cypress wood for the instruction of posterity moreover they will set a watch over all these things that they may be observed the magistracy which has the sharpest eye shall keep watch that any infringement of these commands may be discovered and punished as offences both against the law and the god how great is the benefit of such an ordinance to all those cities which obey and are administered accordingly no bad man can ever know as the old proverb says but only a man of experience and good habits for in such an order of things there will not be much opportunity for making money no man either ought or indeed will be allowed to exercise any ignoble occupation any ignoble occupation of which the vulgarity is a matter of reproach to a free man and should never want to acquire riches by any such means further the law enjoins that no private man shall be allowed to possess gold and silver but only coin for daily use which is almost necessary in dealing with artisans and for payment of hirelings whether slaves or immigrants by all those persons who require the use of them wherefore our citizens as we say should have a coin passing current among themselves but not accepted among the rest of mankind with a view however to expeditions and journeys to other lands for embassies or for any other occasion which may arise of sending out a herald the state must also possess a common hellenic currency if a private person is ever obliged to go abroad let him have the consent of the magistrates and go and if when he returns he has any foreign money remaining let him give the surplus back to the treasury and receive a corresponding sum in the local currency 
and if he is discovered to appropriate it let it be confiscated and let him who knows and does not inform be subject to curse and dishonour equally him who brought the money and also to a fine not less in amount than the foreign money which has been brought back in marrying and giving in marriage no one shall give or receive any dowry at all and no one shall deposit money with another whom he does not trust as a friend nor shall he lend money upon interest and the borrower should be under no obligation to repay either capital or interest that these principles are best any one may see who compares them with the first principle and intention of a state the intention as we affirm of a reasonable statesman is not what the many declare to be the object of a good legislator namely that the state for the true interests of which he is advising should be as great and as rich as possible and should possess gold and silver and have the greatest empire by sea and land this they imagine to be the real object of legislation at the same time adding inconsistently that the true legislator desires to have the city the best and happiest possible but they do not see that some of these things are possible and some of them are impossible and he who orders the state will desire what is possible and will not indulge in vain wishes or attempts to accomplish that which is impossible the citizen must indeed be happy and good and the legislator will seek to make him so but very rich and very good at the same time he cannot be not at least in the sense in which the many speak of riches for they mean by the rich the few who have the most valuable possessions although the owner of them may quite well be a rogue and if this is true i can never assent to the doctrine that the rich man will be happy he must be good as well as rich and good in a high degree and rich in a high degree at the same time he cannot be some one will ask why not and we shall answer because acquisitions which come from sources which are just and unjust indifferently are more than double those which come from just sources only and the sums which are expended neither honourably nor disgracefully are only half as great as those which are expended honourably and on honourable purposes thus if the one acquires double and spends half the other who is in the opposite case and is a good man cannot possibly be wealthier than he the first i am speaking of the saver and not of the spender is not always bad he may indeed in some cases be utterly bad but as i was saying a good man he never is for he who receives money unjustly as well as justly and spends neither nor unjustly will be a rich man if he be also thrifty on the other hand the utterly bad is in general profligate and therefore very poor while he who spends on noble objects and acquires wealth by just means only can hardly be remarkable for riches any more than he can be very poor our statement then is true that the very rich are not good and if they are not good they are not happy but the intention of our laws was that the citizens should be as happy as may be and as friendly as possible to one another and men who are always at law with one another and amongst whom there are many wrongs done can never be friends to one another but only those among whom crimes and lawsuits are few and slight 
therefore we say that gold and silver ought not to be allowed in the city nor much of the vulgar sort of trade which is carried on by lending money or rearing the meaner kinds of livestock but only the produce of agriculture and only so much of this as will not compel us in pursuing it to neglect that for the sake of which riches exist i mean soul and body which without gymnastics and without education will never be worth anything and therefore as we have said not once but many times the care of riches should have the last place in our thoughts for there are in all three things about which every man has an interest and the interest about money when rightly regarded is the third and lowest of them midway comes the interest of the body and first of all that of the soul and the state which we are describing will have been rightly constituted if it ordains honours according to this scale but if in any of the laws which have been ordained health has been preferred to temperance or wealth to health and temperate habits that law must clearly be wrong wherefore also the legislator ought often to impress upon himself the question what do i want and do i attain my aim or do i miss the mark in this way and in this way only he may acquit himself and free others from the work of legislation let the allottee then hold his lot upon the conditions which we have mentioned it would be well that every man should come to the colony having all things equal but seeing that this is not possible and one man will have greater possessions than another for many reasons and in particular in order to preserve equality in special crises of the state qualifications of property must be unequal in order that offices and contributions and distributions may be proportioned to the value of each person's wealth and not solely to the virtue of his ancestors or himself nor yet to the strength and beauty of his person but also to the measure of his wealth or poverty and so by a law of inequality which will be in proportion to his wealth he will receive honours and offices as equally as possible and there will be no quarrels and disputes to which end there should be four different standards appointed according to the amount of property there should be a first and a second and a third and a fourth class in which the citizens will be placed and they will be called by these or similar names they may continue in the same rank or pass into another in any individual case on becoming richer from being poorer or poorer from being richer the form of law which i should propose as the natural sequel would be as follows in a state which is desirous of being saved from the greatest of all plagues not faction but rather distraction there should exist among the citizens neither extreme poverty nor again excess of wealth for both are productive of both these evils now the legislator should determine what is to be the limit of poverty or wealth let the limit of poverty be the value of the lot this ought to be preserved in no ruler nor any one else who aspires after a reputation for virtue will allow the lot to be impaired in any case 
this the legislator gives as a measure and he will permit a man to acquire double or triple or as much as four times the amount of this compare aristotle's politics but if a person have yet greater riches whether he has found them or they have been given to him or he has made them in business or has acquired by any stroke of fortune that which is in excess of the measure if he give back the surplus to the state and to the gods who are the patrons of the state he shall suffer no penalty nor loss of reputation but if he disobeys this our law any one who likes may inform against him and receive half the value of the excess and the delinquent shall pay a sum equal to the excess out of his own property and the other half of the excess shall belong to the gods and let every possession of every man with the exception of the lot be publicly registered before the magistrates whom the law appoints so that all suits about money may be easy and quite simple the next thing to be noted is that the city should be placed as nearly as possible in the centre of the country we shall choose a place which possesses what is suitable for a city and this may easily be imagined and described then we will divide the city into twelve portions first founding temples to hestia to zeus and to athena and in a spot which we will call the acropolis and surround with a circular wall making the division of the entire city and country radiate from this point the twelve portions shall be equalized by the provision that those which are of good land shall be smaller while those of inferior quality shall be larger the number of the lot shall be for five thousand forty and each of them shall be divided into two and every allotment shall be composed of two such sections one of land near the city the other of land which is at a distance compare aristotle's politics this arrangement shall be carried out in the following manner the section which is near the city shall be added to that which is on the borders and form one lot and the portion which is next nearest shall be added to the portion which is next farthest and so of the rest moreover in the two sections of the lots the same principle of equalization of the soil ought to be maintained the badness and goodness shall be compensated by more and less and the legislator shall divide the citizens into twelve parts and arrange the rest of their property as far as possible so as to form twelve equal parts and there shall be a registration of all after this they shall assign twelve lots to twelve gods and call them by their names and dedicate to each god their several portions and call the tribes after them and they shall distribute the twelve divisions of the city in the same way in which they divided the country and every man shall have two habitations one in the centre of the country and the other at the extremity enough of the manner of settlement 
now we ought by all means to consider that there can never be such a happy concurrence of circumstances as we have described neither can all things coincide as they are wanted men who will not take offence at such a mode of living together and will endure all their life long to have their property fixed at a moderate limit and to beget children in accordance with our ordinances and will allow themselves to be deprived of gold and other things which the legislator as is evident from these enactments will certainly forbid them and will endure further the situation of the land with the city in the middle and dwellings round about all this is as if the legislator were telling his dreams or making a city and citizens of wax there is truth in these objections and therefore every one should take to heart what i am going to say once more then the legislator shall appear and address us o oh, my friends he will say to us do not suppose me ignorant that there is a certain degree of truth in your words but i am of opinion that in matters which are not present but future he who exhibits a pattern of that at which he aims should in nothing fall short of the fairest and truest and if he finds any part of this work impossible of execution he should avoid and not execute it but he should contrive to carry out that which is nearest and most akin to it you must allow the legislator to perfect his design and when it is perfected you should join with him in considering what part of his legislation is expedient and what will arouse opposition for surely the artist who is to be deemed worthy of any regard at all ought always to make his work self-consistent having determined that there is to be a distribution into twelve parts let us now see in what way this may be accomplished there is no difficulty in perceiving that the twelve parts admit of the greatest number of divisions of that which they include or in seeing the other numbers which are consequent upon them and are produced out of them up to five thousand forty wherefore the law ought to order trees and deems and villages and also military ranks and movements as well as coins and measures dry and liquid and weights so as to be commensurable and agreeable to one another nor should we fear the appearance of minuteness if the law commands that all the vessels which a man possesses should have a common measure when we consider generally that the divisions and variations of numbers have a use in respect of all the variations of which they are susceptible both in themselves and as measures of height and depth and in all sounds and in motions as well those which proceed in a straight direction upwards or downwards as in those which go round and round the legislator is to consider all these things and to bid the citizens as far as possible not to lose sight of numerical order for no single instrument of youthful education has such mighty power both as regards domestic economy and politics and in the arts as the study of arithmetic above all arithmetic stirs up him who is by nature sleepy and dull and makes him quick to learn retentive shrewd and aided by art divine he makes progress quite beyond his natural powers compare republic all such things if only the legislator by other laws and institutions can 
banish meanness and covetousness from the souls of men so that they can use them properly and to their own good will be excellent and suitable instruments of education but if he cannot he will unintentionally create in them instead of wisdom the habit of craft which evil tendency may be observed in the egyptians and phoenicians and many other races through the general vulgarity of their pursuits and acquisitions whether some unworthy legislator of theirs has been the cause or some impediment of chance or nature for you must not fail to observe o megillus and cleinias that there is a difference in places and that some beget better men and others worse and we must legislate accordingly some places are subject to strange and fatal influences by reason of diverse winds and violent heats some by reason of waters or again from the character of the food given by the earth which not only affects the bodies of men for good or evil but produces similar results in their souls and in all such qualities those spots excel in which there is a divine inspiration and in which the demigods have their appointed lots and are propitious not adverse to the settlers in them to all these matters the legislator if he have any sense in him will attend as far as man can and frame his laws accordingly and this is what you cleinias must do and to matters of this kind you must turn your mind since you are going to colonize a new country cleinias your words athenian stranger are excellent and i will do as you say End of book five.